Hello, and welcome to Pure Evil, a true crime podcast, and I'm your host, Courtney. In this podcast, we will not only discuss the heinous crimes committed, but also go in-depth of the background and psychological makeup of these killers. You can expect to hear cases ranging from cold cases, solved homicides, and missing persons. So let's dive in. In this week's episode, we'll be taking an in-depth look into the life and crimes of Dorothea Puente. Born Dorothea Helen Gray on January 9, 1929 in Redlands, California, to Trudy May and Jesse James Gray. Dorothea's parents were both alcoholics, and her father repeatedly threatened to commit suicide in front of his children. In 1937, her father died of tuberculosis. Her mother, who worked as a sex worker, lost custody of the children in 1938 and died in a motorcycle accident by the end of the year. Dorothea and her siblings were subsequently sent to an orphanage where she was sexually abused. In 1945, at the tender age of 16, Dorothea was married to a soldier named Fred McFowl, who had just returned from the Pacific Theater of World War II. They had two daughters between 1946 and 1948, which Dorothea sent one child to live with relatives in Sacramento and placed the other up for adoption. She also suffered a miscarriage. Fred ended up leaving Dorothea in 1948. In the spring of 1948, Dorothea was arrested for purchasing women's accessories using forged checks in Riverside. She pled guilty to two counts of forgery, serving four months in jail and three years probation. Six months after her release, she left Riverside. In 1952, Dorothea married merchant seaman named Axel Bren Johannesson in San Francisco. She created a fake persona calling herself Tia Singola Niarda, a Muslim woman of Egyptian and Israeli descent. They had a turbulent marriage. Dorothea took advantage of Johannesson's frequent trips to sea by inviting men to their home and gambling away his money. Dorothea was arrested in 1960 for owning and operating a bookkeeping firm as a front for a brothel in Sacramento. She was found guilty and was sentenced to 90 days in the Sacramento County Jail. In 1961, Johannesson had Dorothea briefly committed to DeWitt State Hospital after a binge of drinking, lying, criminal behavior, and suicide attempts. While there, doctors diagnosed her as a pathological liar with an unstable personality. Dorothea and Johannesson divorced in 1966, although she continued to use Johannesson's name for some time following their separation. Dorothea assumed the identity of Sharon Johannesson, hiding her delinquent behavior by portraying herself as a devout Christian woman. She established her reputation as a caregiver, providing young women with a sanctuary from poverty and abuse without charge. In 1968, Dorothea married Roberto Jose Puente, After 16 months, the couple separated, with Dorothea citing domestic abuse in 1967. She attempted to serve him with a divorce petition, but Puente fled to Mexico. The divorce wouldn't be finalized until 1973. The two would continue to have a turbulent relationship, and Dorothea filed a restraining order in 1975. Dorothea would continue to use the surname Puente for more than 20 years. Following her divorce, Dorothea focused on running a boarding house located at 21st and F Streets in Sacramento. She established herself as a genuine resource to the community to aid alcoholics, homeless people, and the mentally ill by holding Alcoholics Anonymous meetings and assisting individuals to sign up to receive Social Security benefits. 
She changed her public image to that of a respectable older matron by putting on vintage clothing, wearing large granny glasses, and letting her hair turn gray. She also established herself as a respected member in Sacramento's Hispanic community, funding charities, scholarships, and radio programs. She eventually met and married Pedro Angel Montolvo, though Montolvo abruptly left the relationship a week after their marriage. In 1978, Dorothea was charged and convicted of illegally cashing in 34 state and federal checks that belonged to her tenants. She was given five years probation and ordered to pay $4,000 in restitution. In April of 1982, 53-year-old Ruth Monroe began living with Dorothea in her upstairs apartment, but soon died of an overdose of codeine and acetaminophen. Dorothea told police that the woman was very depressed because her husband was terminally ill. The authorities left the cause of death as undetermined since there was an excessive amount of both these drugs and she was bedridden at the time. A few weeks later, the police returned after Malcolm McKenzie, a 74-year-old male, one of four elderly people Dorothea was accused of drugging, accused Dorothea of drugging and stealing from him. On August 18th of 1982, Dorothea was convicted of three theft charges and sentenced to five years in prison. There, she began corresponding with Everson Gilmouth, a 77-year-old retiree from Oregon. A pen pal friendship developed, and when Dorothea was released in 1985 after serving three years of her five-year sentence, he met her outside the prison driving a red 1984 pickup. The relationship developed quickly, and the couple was soon making wedding plans. In November of 1985, Dorothea hired a man named Ishmael Flores to install some wood paneling in her apartment. For his labor and $800, Dorothea gave him the red Ford pickup, which she stated belonged to her boyfriend in Los Angeles who no longer needed it. She asked Flores to build a six by three by two foot box to store books and other items. She then asked Flores to transport the filled sealed box to a storage depot. Flores agreed and Dorothea assisted him. Dorothea told Flores to stop while they were on Garden Highway in Sutter County and dump the box of junk on the riverbank on an unofficial household junk dumping site. On January 1st, 1986, a fisherman spotted the suspicious-looking coffin-like box near the river and called police. Investigators opened the box and found the badly decomposed and unidentifiable body of an elderly man inside. Dorothea continued to collect Gilmouth's pension and wrote letters to his family, explaining that the reason he had not contacted them was because he was ill. She continued to maintain a boarding house, taking in 40 new tenants. Gilmouth's body remained unidentified for three years. Dorothea continued to accept elderly boarders and was popular with local social workers because she accepted referrals of the tough cases, including drug addicts and abusive tenants. She collected tenants' monthly mail before they saw it and paid them stipends, pocketing the rest for expenses. During this period, parole agents visited Dorothea at least 15 times, though she had been ordered to keep away from the elderly and refrain from handling government checks, no violations were ever noted. Suspicion was first aroused when neighbors noticed the odd activities of a homeless alcoholic known only as Chief, whom Dorothea stated she had adopted and hired as her handyman. Dorothea had Chief dig in the basement and cart soil and rubbish away in a wheelbarrow. At the time, the basement floor was covered with a concrete slab. 
Chief later dismantled a garage in the backyard and installed a fresh concrete slab there as well. Soon afterward, though, Chief disappeared. On November 11th of 1988, police inquired after the disappearance of tenant Alvaro Burt Montoya, a disabled man with schizophrenia who had been reported missing by his social worker. After noting disturbed soil on the property, they uncovered the body of tenant Leona Carpenter. Seven bodies were eventually found buried on this property. Dorothea was charged with a total of nine murders, Puente's boyfriend, Everson Gilmouth, and eight tenants who lived at the boarding house, Ruth Monroe, Leona Carpenter, Alvaro Burt, Gonzalez Montoya, Dorothy Miller, Benjamin Fink, James Gallup, Vera Faye Martin, and Betty Palmer. According to investigators, most of her victims had been drugged until they were overdosed, which she would then wrap them in bedsheets and plastic lining before dragging them to open pits in the backyard for burial. During the initial investigation, Dorothea was not immediately a suspect, and she was allowed to leave the property to buy a cup of coffee at a nearby hotel. Instead, after buying the coffee, she then fled to Los Angeles where she befriended an elderly male who she had met at a bar. Unbeknownst to Dorothea, though, the man recognized her as the woman he saw in television news reports. He then contacted local law enforcement, who then quickly arrested Dorothea. In the process of the pending trial, a motion to transfer venue was filed and granted, making the judge transfer the trial to Monterey County. Trial began in October of 1992 and ended the following year. The prosecutor, John O'Mara, was the homicide supervisor in the Sacramento County District Attorney's Office. The jury deliberated for over a month and eventually found Dorothea guilty of three murders. The jury was deadlocked 11 to 1 for conviction on all counts, and the lone holdout finally agreed to a conviction of two first-degree murder counts, including special circumstances, and one second-degree murder count. The defense called several witnesses who showed Dorothea had a generous and caring side to her. Witnesses included her long-lost daughter, testifying how Dorothea had helped them in their youth and guided them to successful careers. Mental health experts testified of Dorothea's abusive upbringing and how it motivated her to help the less fortunate. At the same time, they agreed she had an evil side brought on by the stress of caring for her own down-and-out tenants. On March 27, 2011, Dorothea died in Central California Women's Facility from Natural Causes at the age of 82. Join me next week in a new episode of Pure Evil.